Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of you Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How's it going, man? I just wanted to stress the Paul there. I, you did give a little yeah. bit of emphasis on Paul. I, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. So smash that follow or subscribe or like or whatever it is on whatever platform you're using right now to listen or watch the show. We may or may not be here tomorrow. I don't know what the plan is. May or may not be. We'll see. Could be early morning episode or could be nothing. We'll just see. So we'll, the thing about it is, is we do the show when we want to, because mm-hmm. it's our show. And uh, so that, well, we typically do it when Nate wants to. We knew that Charlie was going to be uh, gone. You and know, now. And now it seems like maybe I will also be gone. It's like, I think I like vacations too. If Charlie's going to take a vacation, <laughs> then gosh darn it. I'm going to go with him. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, quick thing. If you, we were talking in the live group before the show, if you like the intro music to this podcast, go check out a band called three pill morning. Uh, it's a band I used to play with and, and toured with all across the country. Uh, those are my college years. Yeah. Was that was on, your college experience. I learned a lot. I did keg stands and all the normal stuff you do in college mm-hmm. on the road. Yeah. Touring around, learning different cultures in different cities and uh, hanging out with uh, rock rats. Did you do like the beer, like the funnels? Did you do we did funnel funnels. Thing? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I only ever did the funnel thing one time. I was really good at it. Like it was it's, amazing. It's, it's crazy how fast that is. You can down a beer so it's it's incredibly nuts. fast. Uh, anyway, yeah, we we got some stuff. I guess we can talk about it. But yeah, go check out Three Pill. the The link actually is in the show notes. We've always it's put the always, link in the yeah. show notes, so it is in there. Go check it out on your favorite music app. We got a few things. And to actually, talk about. we're going to have an interview with the lead singer of that band. Coming We've been up trying to, but soon. Charlie keeps getting in wrecks. I. He was scheduled for Friday, the day I got my wreck, mm-hmm. and we haven't had a chance to reschedule yet. Um, but he's also he's an entrepreneur as well, and uh, his name's Jeff. Good dude. And, um, yeah, so we're going to have him on the show sometime. Anything else, Charlie? I got lots more, Okay, um, but I'm going to sprinkle them out throughout the, the episode. All right, the first thing we'll talk about, since I don't know whether or not we'll be here tomorrow, I do think we could still squeak out a dumb bleep in the morning. We'll see if Charlie wants to. If he's a no, then I'm a no. If he's a yes, then I'm a yes. But gosh darn it, I'm not going to come in on a day where Charlie's missing because he's doing the same thing I'm doing. So, <laughs> Gall darn it. Gall darn it. The first thing, news from the New York Times. I saw the Washington Post talk about this. Uh, it was making the rounds out there today. It's not a good thing. But it's uh, Charlie said it's a white pill because people are actually talking about it. The left is actually talking about yeah. it. Now, it turns out, uh, in addition to the devastating economic effects that the coronavirus has when it latches onto your supply chain and messes up your supply chain where things don't run properly, uh, it, it's been known to be very inflammatory as well. So we didn't have enough anti-inflammatories in our economy. We didn't get those ships vaccinated quick enough. Mm-hmm. All the symptoms of COVID. Th- COVID also causes uh, students, kids, to fall behind in math and, and reading. And so that's just yet another yet another terrible symptom yeah. uh, from this virus. But On anyway, top of like 1.2 billion people starving <laughs> this winter. Why do you want to talk about stuff that doesn't matter? Come on. Oh, yeah. 
The pandemic erased two decades of progress in math and reading from the New York Times. National test two results. Two decades. Two decades. Yeah. National test results released on Thursday showed it in stark terms the pandemic's devastating effects on American school children, with the performance of nine-year-olds in math and reading dropping to the levels from two decades ago. This year, for the first time since the National Assessment of Educational Progress test began tracking student achievement in the 1970s, nine-year-olds lost ground in math and scores in reading fell by the largest margin in more than 30 years. They spent all that time at home when they couldn't be reading? I guess not. It's, your, it's, the, it's the teacher's job to, to yeah. take care of your kids, as we discussed yesterday. In math, black students lost 13 points compared with five points among white students. Because of racism. So there is a, a, a racist effect that is built in. To the pandemic. To the pandemic and the, and the virus itself, as we know. Uh, widening the gap between the two groups. Research has documented the profound effect school closures had on low-income students and on black and Hispanic students, in part because their schools were more likely to continue remote learning for longer periods of time. Weird. Hmm. So you're telling me the inner city schools were, they wanted to be remote for longer. <sighs> the, we it seems to be the case. Did we read a couple of articles about those teachers and them not wanting to go back to work? Mm, yeah, that's because uh, that's because of capitalism, though, like oh, being underpaid right. and all that. And racism. Mm -hmm. And racism, too. The setbacks could have powerful consequences for a generation of children who must move beyond basics in elementary school to thrive later on. Quote, student test scores, even starting in first, second, and third grade, are really quite predictive of their success later in school and their educational trajectories overall, said Susanna Loeb, the director of the Annenberg Institute at Brown University, which focuses on education inequality. The biggest reason to be concerned is the lower achievement of the lower achieving kids. Some of this I cut out, but what they found was that people, uh, students who were already low achieving, they fell even further in achievement than the students who were already achieving higher than average uh, results. They fell less than the lower achieving students did. Being so far behind, she said, could lead to disengagement in school, making it less likely that they graduate from high school or attend college. The federal government has budgeted $122 billion to help students recover, the largest single investment in American schools, and at least 20% of that money must be spent on academic catch-up. The rest of it has to be spent on the administrators and unions and stuff like that. And the SWAT team for the SWAT teams, Department yeah. of Education. you got to have those, too. Door locks mm -hmm. also. Yeah. I have to have those. Yeah. Isn't it weird how we, you know, I feel like we say this every day now, but at the beginning of this pandemic, we talked about all of the effects that the government response to this virus is going to have. Mm -hmm. And of course, all that's, all that was just crazy talk until now it's all coming true. And it's not like Nate and I want it to come true. I wanted no. to be wrong this entire time. Yes. But. Yeah. Nothing I want more than for all of our predictions about the future to be wrong. Yep, here it comes. It's so just it's for the last like I don't know six months. It's just been like one thing after the other. It'd be like, oh, yep, saw that coming. Oh, saw that coming. We could probably write headlines for the next month or two at least about all the stuff that's coming. I later. um I tweeted out earlier that I'm not a parent. You are, but I I can't imagine. Uh, deciding to sacrifice my child's future because there's something that has a less than 1% mortality rate if you get it out there. 
in the world. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm scared. So I'm going to go ahead and set my kid up for a much worse future, future than what they would have had because, because I'm scared. Yeah. That's, I mean, just imagine, is, have we ever seen so many people so willing to sacrifice the kids? And how did Nancy Pelosi go along with this? Everything she does is for the children. <laughs> you know? Exactly. The children. Uses the math. Oh, man, it's sad, and they're going to have to find a way to make up for this, or there's just going to be a lot of people who are left behind here, and George Bush said that we would never do that, and uh, but we're going to end up having a lot of kids that are left behind. They'll push them through because it uh, hurts people's feelings to hold them back, and so we'll push them through. Those and, of you watching live, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but those things in that picture there are what we used to call calculators. You know, they still sell those things. Yeah, I know that. And they have it's on your phone now, but well, I think you have to those, use calculators. Sometimes. Those things right there—that's what those—that's uh, what they look like. Are there any youngins listening live? Uh, do you do people still use calculators? This is in mainly school? for Costco. Yeah, mainly. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever the youngest person is that's out there can't use your phone for te- yeah. That's what I thought. You can't use your phone. Oh, because you're connected to the you internet. Could look up the answers yeah. or, you know, whatever. Uh, so yeah, they still have calculators out there. From what I can tell, um, they uh, they're still pretty expensive too. Remember those TI calculators? Texas Instruments. Jeez. Yeah, mm-hmm. ridiculous. Lacey pulled one out of a drawer the other day. I was like, you realize that thing's probably goes for like two hundred bucks with inflation these days. I used to type like hello and boobs and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> those are the there. only two I knew how to do. <laughs> I didn't know how to graph anything on it, but I could type hello and boobs. You never graphed anything? No, couldn't oh, figure okay. it out. I just did it in my head. That's right. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's, From, uh, one other dumb thing here. Oh, sorry. Oh, read the, uh, this is important before the article from oh, MSNBC. Okay. So Gaslight MSNBC. Mm-hmm. They tweet out, Hillary Clinton didn't take physical documents. She didn't ignore pleas for cooperation. She didn't, <laughs> she didn't store highly sensitive secrets at a private club that had an unfortunate habit of letting foreign spies walk around. Yeah, she just stored them on the internet. Yeah, she stored them on a server. Mm-hmm. And then a cooperation looks like destroying mm-hmm. evidence. And That's then the saying, same thing. Then saying that you turned over everything and deleting a whole bunch of other stuff, and then they search and they find that there were actually a lot of other classified stuff in the stuff that you deleted. Same thing. Other than that, they're totally right. And so I put in here before this article the context that they're talking about in the first couple paragraphs Uh, before we start, is that there's Republicans out there that are upset because of the double standard. And Clinton didn't get in trouble, and so therefore they think Trump should also not get in trouble. I will say there are some differences, but as we said a couple days ago, or whenever it was, uh, there does seem to be a double standard here, and I think the problem is that there's not going to be an even application of the Mm -hmm. law. So with all that in mind, all right, Rachel Maddow Show. What Republicans refuse to grasp about the Clinton the Clinton standard, for those who don't care about factual details, see, <laughs> you don't care about factual details. Mm-hmm. This framing may very well have superficial appeal. Clinton was accused of mishandling sensitive materials. Trump was accused of mishandling sensitive materials. She wasn't indicted, so therefore he shouldn't be indicted. The problem emerges when grown-ups, because you're not one, Bother to look beyond the surface, beyond the pale, folks. And notice that the allegations surrounding Clinton and Trump aren't really similar. So notice the framing here. Yeah. Um, If you differ from this opinion, 
And you don't care about facts. You don't care about facts. And you're a child. You're a child. Yes. Clinton's email protocols were, of course, the subject of a lengthy criminal probe. Federal investigators appeared eager to find evidence of wrongdoing. Then FBI Director James Comey privately marveled at the visceral hatred some senior FBI officials in New York had for the former Secretary of State. But federal law enforcement, nevertheless, didn't charge the Democrat with any crimes because they couldn't find evidence of criminal wrongdoing. <laughs> Actually, they just ignored the actual evidence they had because they could have at least got her on obstruction of justice at the very least. They, they didn't, uh, which is a note down here after the next paragraph. They didn't because they, they wrote into what they found. They wrote into it what they believe to be Hillary Clinton's intent. And since she did not intend to lie or to hide the documents or the past, the material, then they didn't charge her with anything. And the FBI didn't feel completely invalidated by that. <laughs> and this here's the problem, by the way, with what Trump has been doing, like what we talked about yesterday. He cannot get off on the intent argument like Clinton did. He could have said, oh, well, I had no idea that those were there. Like they just got packed up in some boxes. I didn't pack the boxes. I had no clue. Um, yeah, we thought we went through everything and sent it back. Turns out there was some more in those boxes right there sorry it's not like we're going through everything but the right. the doors the doors locked and we got secret service around the whole place you know he can't do that anymore thanks to stuff like that truth post like what we talked about yesterday i see what you're getting at now yeah. he yeah. said good thing i declassified all those you know he's not he's not saying oh well i had no idea those were there what how did those get there yeah i had no idea mm -hmm. Federal law enforcement, nevertheless, didn't charge the Democrat. I already talked about that, uh, which is Clinton. Comey took the extraordinary step of publicly criticizing Clinton anyway, but he grudgingly con conceded that the FBI, following an exhaustive investigation, couldn't indict her. Yeah. So she had no intentions of doing this, folks. And just to go through what, uh, what we do know, this is from PolitiFact, a fact check uh, talking about it details out all the times that Clinton lied about this, about these emails. They did have more than 2,000 of her 30,000 emails turned over to the State Department contain classified information, including the 110 emails in 52 email chains that contain classified information at the time they were sent or received. Uh, more emails, most emails were retroactively deemed to contain classified information by U.S. agencies from which the information originated. By the Some of the emails containing classified information bore markings indicating the presence of classified information, contrary to Clinton's claims that none were marked classified. Uh, Comey did not provide a specific number. Several thousand work-related emails were not turned over to the State Department in 2014, but were recovered by the FBI. And Comey said three of those were classified at the time they were sent or received. Hmm. So... Um, Several thousand were not turned over in 2014 when she said that she turned over all of the emails that were on a private server that she wasn't supposed to have. Later, when they dug into it, they found that there were classified documents in the ones that she did not turn over to begin with. Completely different situation yeah. because she didn't have the physical documents and or access to a printer. And the spies weren't... Mm -hmm weren't freely walking around mm -hmm. her server. No. Yeah. Cuz no one could have no one could gain access to Clinton's server. 
No, you can't even do it. When you put yeah. something like when something goes through email, it's locked down. No one can get access mm. to that. We know yeah. we know that in 2022, even back then in 2014 or in 2012 when it was happening, it's literally impossible when you send things through email for any of that to become compromised yeah. at all. It's got um, 328 trillion bit encryption. Mm-hmm. And they're probably yeah. using like McAfee uh, antivirus software, yeah. malware software. Recipes. Did you see the Netflix documentary on McAfee that came out last no, week? No, I haven't. It's crazy. Is it good? It's, I heard a conspiracy that he crazy. faked his own death. His um, his former girlfriend or fiance, the last part of the documentary, this has already been in the news, so it's it's okay. Now the spoiler alert. The last shot of the documentary is her saying that he was still alive. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, and then they end it. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing. Market experts like Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan, not only predict a recession, but are using terms like economic hurricane and unprecedented. If you want to protect your future, do what I've done. Call the only precious metals dealers I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. And they make it easy. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 866-709-3080. That's 866-709-3080. Or text GML for Good Morning Liberty to 998-899. That's GML to 998-899. Or call 866-709-3080. Zero or text GML to 998-899, and there's a link in the show notes. All right, back to Trump. Yeah. So here's the difference, folks, for all you children out there who don't understand how to f- actually have adult conversations. Mm-hmm. Trump's State Department similarly conceded late on Friday afternoon that there was no deliberate mishandling of classified information from Clinton. Uh, The inspector general's office in Trump's Justice Department also concluded that the FBI had no reason to charge Clinton. Trump's scandal bears little resemblance to his formal rivals. Clinton didn't take physical documents. She didn't ignore pleas for cooperation. She didn't store highly sensitive secrets at a private club that had an unfortunate habit of letting foreign spies walk around. She stored... What are you telling me? Foreign spies aren't allowed to walk? Yeah, right. Come on. Um... Again, she stored them on the internet, by the way. (laughs) There's a lot of spies on there. Mm -hmm. If prosecutors conclude that the Republican deserves to be indicted, it won't be because of a double standard. It will be because the evidence proved that he broke the law. Mm. There you have it, folks. It's completely different. There is no double standard. And I'll tell you what, I'm excited. When we started the podcast, I was down $75 on this trade, just went back to it. And I was up 165 on the trade. Well, that's nice. That's a nice swing. All we got to do is talk more about Hillary, Hillary Clinton. 
How did you learn how to trade? I went to natescrashcourse.com, Charlie. I, That's how I learned how to trade. I bet you did. <laughs> and I used the promo code CRASHCOURSE40 to get 40% off. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> Nate's with an S? Nate's, Nate's CrashCourse.com? Crash Course. Is that mm-hmm. where I go? Nate's CrashCourse.com. Okay. That's where you go. And what's the promo code again? CRASHCOURSE40 to get crash, 40% off. CRASHCOURSE. Okay. Nate's. It's a single purchase. It's not like a monthly thing. It's a one purchase, 100 videos. Here's the class. No, oh, that's a... Wow. I wasn't trying to lead into that. I was just telling you why I was excited. And you learned all of that. <laughs> At my own website. This, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I need to check that out. And so should you. Go to Nate's. Go to natescrashcourse.com to learn how to trade if you want to do that kind of thing, which you should. You should at least learn uh, the very basics of the market. It's a really cool thing. No one knows, like, especially if you've seen these massive highs and these extreme lows, and then we had another rally and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Natescrashcourse.com will teach you everything you need to know. All right, we're going to skip over to some dumb. uh, Biden was out there giving a speech, and he did his whole F-15 thing again, and I I just wanted to play it. It's such a ridiculous thing, and he's doing a primetime speech tonight, and it's all about the threat to democracy from the MAGA folks. Now, this this was like a gun violence kind of thing here. Uh, But let's play what he had to say, and then we'll, uh, we'll make fun of it afterwards. They're not unlimited. Right now, you can't go out and buy an automatic weapon. You can't go out and buy a cannon. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against the country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use that's used to provide this. And who are they shooting at? Shooting at these guys behind me. Tell that to Vietnam. <laughs> Tell that to Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of really dumb stuff, a lot of problems inside of that. First off, it's a terrible, despicable thing for uh, some the person that's running the government to say. I mean, you're talking, he's literally out there giving the reasons that we must keep these rights to have these weapons. Yes. He's out there threatening people, saying, we can do whatever the we want to you because we have F-15s and we got bombs and we got nukes and we got all that and you can't do anything about it. Do we still have F-15s? We do still use a lot of F-15s. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause they can carry, uh, they can carry more bombs. The F-22s are like a fighter plane. The uh, F-35s are broken and the, <laughs> but, uh, what about the F-16s? Uh, they're, they're out there. F-16s and 18s all still out there. Okay. I talked to a lot of the pilots at some of these bases, and there's like a rivalry between which plane is better. The guys who fly the F-15s make fun of the ones that fly the F-22s because they oh, can't sure. carry as many bombs. Yeah. You know, not as many F-14s out there. You know, that's back in the old Top Gun days. They uh, they make fun of their load. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have as big a load <laughs> as pay- they do. Yeah, their payload. No, but that's a dumb thing. And But but the other, uh, the other thing is, okay, if the gun's... There's so many contradictions inside of this. Like, uh, which one is it? You know, the guns are worthless and you can't do anything with them. But also these people are a massive threat to our democracy. Uh, But also they can't do anything because we have superior firepower. Uh, But also our government was almost overthrown by a bunch of unarmed people uh, in the span of a couple hours one day. Yeah. There's a lot of problems going on here. Yeah. (laughs) Flagpoles and fire extinguishers. Yeah. Yeah. 
So apparently, so that's, I guess he's right. We don't need guns. We just need flagpoles and fire extinguishers. I didn't see a. It, the problem is, if the J Sixers would have had F-15s, it would have been done. Yeah, you know, but luckily they don't. They just they have these just, guns, and it was the F-15s that swooped in on J Six and took out all those people. Just rained hell down upon yeah. them mm-hmm. to uh, to get them out of there. Hell hath no fury. <laughs> Like an F-15 swooping down. Anyway, it's a really gross thing because it just kind of shows you how tyrannical the government has actually become, you know, and and for them to just be saying like, oh, there's nothing you can do about it. There's no point in you in having guns because we've bested you. That's not true. It's gross. By the way. Okay, we've got some Nina Turner stuff. This is kind of a, the last Ooh. part of the last part of the podcast is a Nina Turner special, and it's not because we hate. Nina Turner specifically, or that they, she's even that popular of an individual because she didn't even win in the primary in the state that she was running. I think it was Ohio, maybe. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, she didn't even win. But she does have a, a large following on Twitter, and I believe she embodies a, a lot of the ideas of people that are out there on the on the hard left. The emotional... The extremist. The emotional, illogical, irrational... Hard leftists, extreme left wingers. We should call them what they are. Mm-hmm. Left wing extremists. Yeah, exactly. She tweets out here. She said, "Reminder." Uh, oh wait, should I talk about the SoFi thing first? Probably. Yeah, this is just so, kind of an easy, quick, dumb one before we get into the shared, real bad stuff. She shared uh, the uh, uh, a headline that says, "SoFi technology stocks gain persist in wake of Biden student debt plan." So she shares that article and says, "Reminder." Ten to twenty thousand dollars of cancellation made loan refinancing companies happy. Cancel it all, POTUS. Now cancel it all. That's a yeah. It's it's a pretty dumb idea overall. What I get really annoyed by. That's why this is just a real easy one. Is she has. I doubt she follows the stock market very much or the daily ebbs and flows of the market. Uh, there was an article about their stock being up afterwards, and it was up right afterwards because inside of this plan people are supposed to start paying back their loans and SoFi has been sitting there waiting on people to pay their loans um but they've since gone down a bunch because everyone's getting the feeling that no one's going to pay their loans and so anyway she and tweet- the market's coming down she tweets about how they're you know they're doing so well after this we just need to cancel everything but the problem is the stock price on the whole thing um this is when the article was posted right up here and it's down 15 percent since then and I hate it when people use like a a one day snapshot of something and say, "Look, this validates all of my opinions." Yeah, it all, all that matters is what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, like look, forget everything else. Jeff Bezos made thirty billion dollars in a single day, Charlie. Now he's lost about sixty billion since then. But what's important is the article that says that he made thirty billion dollars in a single day doesn't matter that Amazon's, you know, back down below where it was even before the pandemic started or anything like that. There's an article out there somewhere that says that Jeff Bezos made $30 billion because they announced something and the stock spiked up like 15%. It wasn't $30 billion, but you get the idea. Yeah. You shouldn't use short-term, single-shot, snapshot parts of the stock market to try and make your points uh, because this In is fact, where... if you shorted SoFi when the article came out, that'd be good. Yeah. Be good for you. Okay, what's another dumb thing she said? Oh, here you go. There you go, Charlie. All right, she tweets out again. 
I genuinely don't understand being against canceling medical debt. Medical. We pump more and more money into our military budget without a peep, yet we draw the line at making sure people aren't saddled with debt from getting sick. It makes sense to me. Or sorry, make it make sense is make what it she said. Make sense. So how can you be against canceling medical debt, folks? You you want people to be sick and suffer. That's what you want. Yeah. She's not gonna stop. I mean, she was so she's so big on the student debt thing. Now she's moved to medical and we just need to cancel all of it. Now keep in mind the government isn't holding all of this medical debt. Like these are all these are private companies that are holding all of this medical debt. And we just need to cancel all of it. Or private charities, even. I can't get around this idea that you literally just shouldn't have to pay for anything. And I, in fact, I responded on there saying you're a little bit too old to still think that things can actually be free. What do you, and the, on one of her other posts, and she's talking about how m- medical care should be free. I'm like, what does that mean? It's not free. Yeah. The student cancellation isn't free. It's well, just, this whole thing about like we, oh, we obviously spend all this money in our military anyway. Now, look, that point, we don't really agree with it either. Most libertarians don't really agree with having such an inflated budget for the military. But it doesn't mean, and one of the reasons for that is we don't have any money at all. So we need to drastically reduce the military budget, but we also need to drastically reduce all the other budgets. And then we still wouldn't have money to pay off any debts. Anybody's debt. No. We still wouldn't have money for college debt or medical debt or credit card debt or housing debt or any of it. Which she thinks that we should cancel all the housing debt too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Probably credit cards up next. Oh yeah. Oof. That's that's an obvious one. These yeah. are they're, they're it's predatory plastic. Everything. Okay. Any type of lending is predatory. It's all predatory. We'll talk about that here in yeah. just a sec. Let's go to another ridiculous thing that she said. She said neoliberals and conservatives love to say pay your debts until the word reparations comes up. Jesus Christ. So yeah. People love to say, pay your debts until the word reparations come up. Then you're mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I don't want to pay my debts. Yep. What? Yeah, because I remember signing <laughs> for my slave. Yeah. Yep. Well, I got out of high school, and the first thing I did uh, when I went to college was I signed a piece of paper for my college loan, mm-hmm. and then I signed a piece of paper for my slave that I got, too. Yeah. And they said, this slave will join you at college and uh, when you get done, you got to pay reparations. But, you know, while you're at college, it's free for you. So, but provided we, by the federal government, too. We've been totally fine canceling your reparations debt, Charlie. Yes. You know, you're fine having your reparations debt canceled, but you want people to pay for their medical bills? <laughs> Someone, <laughs> there's something wrong here, right? I mean, I don't want to make fun of her too bad because it, it seems well, like there's white, something wrong. All white people have inherited the sins of their great 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 grandfathers, as they should, and the greats the greats before them. So the the honest, I said that wrong. I'm I'm talking great as in like great grandfather. I don't mean great as like the people who held slaves were great. Like they're awesome, right? Yeah. I don't mean they're awesome. I'm Charlie using the term slaveholders great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> after it came out, I was like, wait, hang on, let me clarify that point. I'm just saying you're, you know. In the family tree lineage, mm-hmm. in that that type of speak. Okay, but we can 
surely, surely people can understand that there is a difference in, in you taking out a loan on something and saying that you're going to pay it back versus a, someone who is white a hundred and fifty years ago uh, deciding to enslave someone uh, against their will. And that means that you should owe some kind of money towards that. I mean, do you, how do you even make the connection? So I don't even get it. We're not even just talking about people. We're not even just talking about people whose parents or grandparents or whatever actually own slaves. We're talking yeah. about anyone who has a specific skin color. The, the real problem in all of this is the, this de facto victimization, self victimization, which leads to, that's another reason why our culture is going so far downhill folks, if we want to talk, if, we, if libertarians need to be talking more about culture, well, this is it, right? Because all of these people are victimized by all of these predators um, that they can never get ahead in life. And so it's just an excuse as they walk around. It's like, oh, well, the system's racist and uh, I can't, I can't do this because white people hate me and I can't do this because the, the student loans that I took out, it's not my fault. It's yep. someone else's fault, which then... And I think Milton Friedman talked about this and Thomas Sowell talks about this. It, all it does is take all the power away from you and transfer it to everyone else, which then renders you completely hopeless and helpless mm -hmm. for yourself. Rather than saying, despite some of the systematic troubles that may exist, despite the fact that I made some bad decisions, despite the fact that I may not be as smart as I could be, Maybe I could at least put my best foot forward and see what I can do. I can take control and power over my own life and see what I can do to maybe make my own life a better place and then make other people's lives a better place as I keep moving forward. But no, we want to sit there and, and, and point fingers are and you, it's everyone else's fault. Are you saying that you're not going to validate those people's feelings? No. The next one we have from Nina. Oh, Nina. Mm. is a doozy it gets worse okay. while we're talking about debt i've never i don't think i've met a bigger victim is she do you think that she's even a real person i've seen videos of her she is a real person mm. i think that this is some kind of joke maybe she's uh yeah maybe it's uh, this is all just a sick yeah. joke i think all right here's the next one debt is a wealth transfer from the poor to the rich is a wealth transfer from the poor to the rich. Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds like it makes sense. Except it's the exact opposite of that. It's literally the exact opposite of that. Debt is you wanting something. That you can't afford. That you don't have the money to pay for. And you go to a rich person, a rich person who does have the money to pay for it. And they say, well... I will lend you the money to pay for that thing right now. And in fact, if you're using that to buy something that has some type of a future value, some kind of asset appreciation, that is in fact a wealth transfer from the rich to the poor. There are a lot of people who have houses that that wealth they would not have been able to have if it weren't for a rich person transferring their wealth over to them, essentially. But, the, but these people just have this idea that like, oh, well, the houses are still going to get built. You know, the, the teachers are still going to teach. 
and you know the plumber's still gonna like all of these things are still gonna happen mm-hmm. right without these wealthy people you know the, the world's still gonna turn well do you think the idea would be that they just those things shouldn't cost that much you should be able to buy a house and it shouldn't be so expensive that you have to take out a loan for it and that's because of capitalism right i guess well, everything except for that very last point. I, yeah. I do think we can meet people in the middle there and move to their side, let's say, and be like, yeah, I mean, housing is way too expensive. It's, it is not, it has gone up exponentially compared to where maybe it should be. Um, but you have to look at why is housing expensive? Mm. Well, there's lots of factors in that. Uh, perhaps we should look at maybe the, the devaluing of the dollar could be one. Uh, inflation. We're all dealing with inflation. They're like, some of the like some of the things these people aren't wrong about. Healthcare is too expensive. Housing is too expensive. You know, college is too expensive. Yes. What is the common denominator of all of those things? It's the mainly the government <laughs> and mainly. capitalism. It's all people who are trying to make money. No, off but of see, you. They, they yeah, they tran- they, they're the- transferring the blame. Left wokeism is just a transfer. Is just a blame transfer. <laughs> From themselves to other people. From themselves to capitalism. But what about the, okay, so you think about a house. It's too expensive. And I think they they actually think that you should be able to just get a house. But what about all the people who have to do work towards that thing? What about all the materials that go into it? I mean, imagine all the things that go into a house. Oh, I know. All the way down to cutting down the trees, which we shouldn't even do because that's bad for the environment. First off, you shouldn't want the house in the first place. All the way down to that. And fashioning the lumber. I mean, I'm not going to name every single thing that goes into a house right now, but it's quite a lot. Building a basement or a concrete slab. Try yeah. pouring your own concrete slab, why don't you? <laughs> Just go out there and do it. Make sure it's rebarred properly. That way when a tornado rolls through, it per- perhaps won't uh, rip your house yeah. apart because it's firmly in a, in a good foundation. In the past few decades, there has been a great decline in the moral climate. The lack of civility in discussions among people. The resort to chance instead of arguments. These are all evidences on one level of a decline in moral climate, in the lack of respect for property, in the kind of rioting that broke out in New York after the blackout, in the problems of maintaining discipline in elementary schools. Why? Why have we had such a decline in moral climate? I submit to you that a major factor has been because of a change in the philosophies which have been prominent in society from a belief in individual responsibility to a supposed belief in social responsibility, from a tendency to get away from the individual, from his responsibility for his own life and his own behavior. If he doesn't behave properly, that's his responsibility and he's to be charged with. To a belief that after all, it's society that is responsible. If you adopt the view that everything belongs to society, then it belongs to nobody. Why should I have any respect for property if it belongs to everybody? If you adopt the view that no man is responsible for his own behavior because somehow or other society is responsible, well then, why should he seek to make his behavior good? Now, of course, on a scientific level, it's true that what we are is affected a great deal by the society in which we live and grow up, of course. All of us are different than we would have been if we had grown up in a different society. So it's not, I'm not denying in the slightest the effect on all of us of the social institutions within which we operate, both on our values and our opportunity, on our opportunities. 
But I am only saying that a set of social institutions which stresses individual responsibility is a kind of a society which is likely to have a much higher and more responsible moral climate than the kind of a society in which you stress the lack of responsibility of the individual for what happens to him. Yeah, so I think we've really moved away from that, this, this idea that we have a social responsibility. And what that ends up meaning is that no one has any responsibility because it's always someone else's responsibility. And really, the whole idea of socialism or collectivism is built around that. That it's always society, but what is society? It's a bunch of people. It's everyone. And those people aren't responsible for what they do, but they are responsible for what other people do. Yeah. How can you expect to have, a, to have a societal responsibility, a social responsibility built out of people who aren't even responsible for things in their own lives? I mean, How are they going to be responsible for everyone else's lives? Parker is still at the house right now because society hasn't taken him to school yet. That's not your fault. It's That's not my fault. fault. Yeah. You know, I woke up this morning and I said, you know what? I'm choosing me today. <laughs> and society is going to get my kid to school. It's not my responsibility. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You did in, in sending him to school, you did choose you because you want him to go to school. And you want him to do well and you yeah. value his future. And so you did still choose yourself in that scenario. Mm. But luckily, you have high values and you're a moral person. And I, I just, I do not understand this idea. Like that thing we, we put up uh, maybe at the beginning of the week that uh, our debts, you know, what I'll paraphrase, that uh, they made us weaker, but together, like it made us stronger the debts that we have, like school cancellation yeah. and all that together. It, when we do this together, it makes us stronger. But how can you be stronger when it's made up of a bunch of weak people who can't even take care of themselves? How can you trust your future to people who can't even take care of their own future, but they're supposed to take care of someone else's future? This whole idea is a big averaging down scenario. Like no one, sure, you can't be expected to take care of yourself, but if you just put in a little bit, if everyone puts in just a little bit of effort, 100% effort, you can take care of yourself. And I get that that is ridiculous to expect. Yeah. But if everyone, just puts in, if everyone just puts in like 10% effort, then we're all going to be okay because everyone's putting in 10%. You know what you'll actually get? You'll get 10% of what you would have had if everyone was doing 100%. The, there's this idea that if everyone puts in 10%, then we're going to have this massive, I mean, how many percents is that <laughs> what number is that with everyone no society will be 10 percent as good as it would have been if everyone would have been putting in 100 percent and uh i, I well you they, know what they that's say lost man. on them do you know what they say no you're only as strong as your weakest chain anchor mm -hmm. yeah that's uh, like my granddaddy used to say yeah. but that is true you are only if if we're all this chain together you're only as strong as your weakest link and if if you just got a whole bunch of weak links and they're all dependent on the other ones, but none of them are supposed to hold their own. That chain's going to go broke. It's going <laughs> to... There you go. It's going to go broke. Yeah. All right, let's go. Gonna happen. We got to go. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share the show with a friend, a family member, and a foe. Share it with Nina Turner. She may need to hear this. She definitely Hop needs to hear Twitter this. Hop on Twitter and uh, just post a link to our show to uh, in, in reply to every single one of Nina Turner's tweets. And you know what? I will make a clip of just the Nina Turner section of the show today. And you can post that anytime you see Nina Turner say something really dumb, which means it's a full-time job for you, but we do appreciate it. That's and a great idea, by the mm -hmm. way. Yeah. There we go. Do that. All right. Go to, go to Nate's 
Crash Course, natescrashcourse.com, to check out some market, to uh, learn about the market. Go to joingml.com to be part of the live group, and go to godhatesfeds.com to get yourself some merch for the show. We appreciate every single thing that you all do to support us. Nate, unfortunately, it costs money to feed this guy, mm. and he likes to eat. Okay, so... <sighs> Go support the show in some way, shape, or form so we can keep fighting for liberty, keep Nate fed. Um, and <laughs> I just read that the weak link of this show is Chuck. <laughs> I'm working on str- strengthening my links, mm-hmm. you know, for this chain that we've got, this two-link chain. And uh, He'll be out on the links next week trying to get stronger. That's right. Trust me. Sure will. Working on that swing, baby. <laughs> All right. Do all those things. Share the show with a friend. Leave us a rating and review, and we'll be back potentially tomorrow. You'll find out. Until then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.